Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. Today, I am here doing a custom intro because of everything that's going on with the George Floyd situation and the response to it, the conversations that are being started and being had. I wanted to really highlight how just grateful I am that I was able to have this conversation with Kimblin Harris. And it's kind of interesting because we had this conversation two months ago. So it was, you know, we didn't know that was just going to happen. We aren't talking about this situation specifically, but I believe that that's what makes us really powerful is that what we discussed is very, very relevant to the current situation and the things that are happening in our country. And it's it's something that we can all apply immediately. It's something that's very straightforward and simple. It doesn't mean that it won't be difficult to actually apply and put to use, but the concept is so, so important. Kimblin really goes into depth here about how and why this has worked for her, but she has a mantra that is release to receive. So much of her journey is with clutter, actual physical clutter in her home. And so she talks about how that was and and all of her experiences with that. But really the interesting part that we dove in on was how that was just a physical manifestation of these emotional attachments, kind of, you know, the clutter was only the surface level thing, the emotional attachments and the things that she wasn't processing or allowing herself to really look at was the underlying factor that continue, you know created this situation and perpetuated it. And I think that it's just so, so accurate and relevant to what's happening for us now as a country. The things that we are doing are old habits and behaviors and ways of being And they are not serving us anymore. And the only way that we can move forward, the only way that we can make progress is to release those things, to receive a new way of being, a new way of seeing each other, a new way of interacting with each other, a new way of living together. And so I just, again, really wanted to come on and show my gratitude for this conversation and just really, really encourage you to listen to it, to every word of it, because it is really important. It's such a simple concept, but it's one that is going to take time and effort. You'll see that as as um, we talk about this, energy and effort to make this work. So go ahead, give this a listen, um, and Kimblin, I'm just so, so grateful to have had you on. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Kimblin Harris here with me. Kimblin Harris, executive founder of Artfully Healed, creative friend, advocate for healthy conversations on all the ways to wellness. Welcome, Kimblin, and thanks so much for being here. I'm so glad to be here, so thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Uh, so we met relatively recently. Uh, online, and I was just 
drawn to your story and you right away. I think I reached out to you and was just like curious about what you're doing. This sounds really cool. And I wanted to learn more about you. And I really enjoyed our conversation together and figured that our listeners could <laughs> could learn from exactly everything we talked about. So I'm excited to to dig into that. Can we just start with you sharing a little bit about your story and we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, I think that what's amazing to me about this conversation is that when I initially had the vision for Artfully Healed and I realized that the people that I was being told I would touch or that I would partner with um, didn't exist in my life at that time. And it's just amazing to be having this conversation where I started, people started dropping into my life out of nowhere um, that aligned to not only my vision and aligned to how I feel about myself, but are also doing this work of reaching and helping and, and supporting each other. So thank you for reaching out. And, um, you know, the, the hardest part about this journey is that it had to start from hardship. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that helps me put it in perspective of why I had to go through what I went through. So um, I was um, born in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was raised mostly in Ohio um, in a small town with my grandparents and other relatives. And I was sharing with someone yesterday that I was with family. So it wasn't that I was abandoned or (laughs) in a situation where I was homeless. I was with family, but because I was not in a circumstance that allowed me to um, fully feel like I had a home, um, it was very challenging for me to understand kind of why I was felt like an outcast in my own family. And from that time, I kind of took, I kind of picked up the sense that I really didn't have a voice and I really didn't have a say. Mm. And I carried a lot of that through, through my adolescence and um, as a young adult, um, because I just moved so much. We moved, um, when I was with my mom, we moved every year, just about. I went to, between kindergarten and seventh grade, I went to probably 13 schools. Wow. Um, before I graduated high school in 12th grade, 12th grade, I went to three schools. Um, ninth grade, I went to school. 10th grade, I went to three schools. 11th grade, and then 12th grade. So I went to a lot of schools, a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving and having to show up and try to be myself. So it gave me exposure to being a little bit more friendlier because I was always the new girl. Um, music was always a foundational comfort for me. I would always join the band whenever I would get to a new high school. Um, I played since I was in ninth grade. So a band, the, the band and the flute and marching band were very comforting to me. So I always found ways to kind of self-comfort and self-acclimate. Um, but it was always a sense of not belonging that I carried. It was always a sense of I didn't have the latest clothes. I didn't have the latest hairstyle. I didn't have, that was just not a priority for me um, that was given to me. So I always came in from a sense of kind of coming in from behind. And a lot of that is, is telling and reflective of me now because I fight so fiercely now, but I actually see it now as a strength because I'm used to coming up from behind. I'm not actually used to leading. 
So I'm actually used to having to charge ahead and it's given me a strong sense of don't give up because uh, you see an obstacle. I'm used to seeing obstacles. I'm used to seeing mountains. I'm used to seeing the challenge of coming into a new school and being the new child. I'm new. I'm so used to that. And so a lot of that, all those things, all those things that would have paralyzed most people, I've been told because people know that about me, that I have a sense of calm and equal energy about me, even considering all that I've seen and been through. So that kind of tells you a little bit about kind of some of the fierceness that I fight with now. So I hope that's a great foundation. Happy to dive in deeper anywhere particularly, but that should give a good foundation for the rest of the conversation. Yeah, I think, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's really interesting because you, you, and you just kind of mentioned it was like you, you do have kind of a, a calming presence and um, you, you, you speak well, you speak clearly and you're, and intentionally. And so it is interesting to like, know that you are kind of like a fighter and and you've had to, to scrap you know, scrapper your whole life. Um, so that's interesting because, you know, again, we can never tell anything by the surface. Right. But it's, I like that you were able to share that because it's a, an interesting and relevant piece of information about yourself. Yeah. In terms of how that's kind of manifested and like you said, as a strength in your adult life, what's one way that it's really, really helped you, like where you used it? How have you used that as a strength? Whereas when you were growing up, it was like, oh, this is like a total burden. I think that first of all, I, I really, when I started dealing with clutter um, was probably the most relevant time where I actually had to pull back to what was actually the driver behind it. It was something I've mm. always dealt with. I've always happened someone who liked things. I love paper. I love anything paper products <laughs> and <laughs> notepad. I would buy a journal every day and start it and never finish it and then mm. go and buy another journal. I love paper. I have multiples of things. Now people shop out of my excess. So it's not like I'm buying junk. I'm, I just like things and I don't live in a house full of clutter and I don't, you know, I can make my way to my room. Like I don't live in that level of clutter or, but it's just an excess. It's, I have a lots of things. And when I started dealing with the fact that I can't af- actually navigate in my space, like a closet, I have my closet is was packed to the gills. I couldn't actually walk in it and walk around it, even though it was a walk-in closet that level of like, why do you have all of this stuff? (laughs) And when I was like, and I've always been that way. So it's kind of like, people know that about me. They know that my garage was, was chaos. They know that I just had a lot of stuff. They offered to come shop. It was just really kind of a known thing, but I was like, I just want to get rid of some stuff. Like, why is this so difficult? And that's when, when I talk about my childhood, when I went back and actually thought about, and I had help along the way. I mean, I read, I hired someone to kind of give me some guidance. So it was after a lot of reflection that it literally was an anchor preventing me from getting to what this next place for me would be. But what the clutter represented for me, actually, when I really drove down into it was that my number one need when I address an an area that I need to declutter is 
I'm so fearful that I'm going to need it later and it's not going to be there. Mm. That's the number one fear I have. And one of the strategies that I picked up along the way was when I approach a space, write down all the fears that surface when I look to do something in that space. Mm. And the number one fear that surfaces is I'm going to need this later and it's not going to be there. And that need has come from moving so much that we would put stuff in storage. And I cannot imagine the toys and the things that I had that were childhood memorabilia and things that I had as a child, the dolls, the Christmas presents, right? So every year we moved is every year I lost those Christmas presents. Mm. So I can only imagine what that would have felt like as a child to constantly have to start over. And that's just something that I unintentionally carried into my adulthood so where it was a weakness and it's still something I deal with I actually use it as a platform when I talk about the the release the, re- the release to receive mm-hmm. which is I am mm-hmm. now releasing what no longer serves me to receive what I can so that's a way that I've turned something that was very traumatic for me and something that I've carried with me and I've actually made it something very powerful that I use and I speak about and I help other people through I absolutely love that quote. I just, you would put that in um, the little uh, intro survey I give. And I just so connected with that. I think that's an amazing quote. I immediately, I like, I was like, Ooh, like I love that. And I'm definitely going (laughs) to like frame that one or use it myself because it's so powerful and it actually is exactly what I was kind of wanting to ask you as you were speaking through all that was because that's a really deep, powerful message. Mm -hmm. It goes way, way beyond the physical, Mm. right? And the things Mm. in our space. So for you, how was that to experience that shift of being like this thing in my physical environment, this clutter is, has this really, really deep rooted, kind of emotional attachment. What was it like for you to have that realization and that discovery? It's it's really, it just started for me because I talk about it was 2016, I think when I first started. And I, so this would have been um, probably the summer of 2017 when I first really got it. That And then I got a book, um, The Message in Your Mess or something like that. And when I started reading that book, it talked about some of the chapters after clutter and physical clutter went into other areas. So it started talking about finances and it started talking about emotional clutter. And I literally was reading the book one day and something hit me so profoundly that I had to close the book and look at the mixture I was reading the same book. Like I was like, what, wait a minute, what book am I reading? Because it was something, I was just so engrossed in the book that I was like, wait, what book am I reading? And so it really goes on. So that's really when the connection hit for me. And so that's why when I created the release to receive kind of mantra for myself, it's because I speak about it in so many other areas because I can attach that extreme example to so many things that I've had to release. And when I talk about, I posted um, a couple of days ago or a week ago about releasing negativity, because when you're releasing things that no longer serve you, 
then you're making room for the things that do. And it went so beyond, and I can visually see it. So for me, visually seeing it actually helps bring it to life. And I've seen Mm. it play out and play out and play out again over the last three years, you know, for my finances, by me, you know, saying, you know, no to things that I thought I needed made room for me to say yes to paying off debt that I need to pay off. Mm. So all these areas of my life have picked up because I can actually physical, physically see the improvement of releasing the mindset of releasing the notion I had about myself, the notion that of dependence that I had on what other people think about me. So it just fits into so many other areas of my life that I just couldn't avoid it. any. I just can't avoid it. And it just makes sense to me. I can just see it. I can see things move out. And sometimes when I meditate in the morning, I visually watch myself release negativity. I say, I see the words floating out of my mouth to release negativity to release depression, to release any type of regret. And then I see myself breathing in the words that I want to receive and make room for. So I actually see it as a physical manifestation mm-hmm. of so in so many other areas. I love that, the visual of it. I'm a very visual person as well. So it always really helps for me to create anchors for myself to come back to. The thing I I think that like really draws me to that mantra and that statement is that to me, it feels very empowering. It to me, it says, I have the choice to make a change. Yep. Yeah, I created a t-shirt on Monday this week called Choose Joy. Mm. And I've been seeing it across quite a few um um, social media channels where people are talking about you can you can choose you can choose joy you can choose peace you can choose and it's just a reminder that you get to choose and if what you're choosing is holding up negative energy space then you have the choice of whether you want to hold on to that and how it makes you feel or releasing it right to make room for something else that would serve you and so that just makes it just makes so much sense to me but it wasn't until I started exploring the whole clutter, the actual physical release of clutter. And I was talking with someone this week about how I actually feel when I clean up a space, when I actually clear it from physical reminders, physical things like off my dresser, off the floor, I actually feel literally like lightness in my spirit. I actually have a physical um, energy where I actually feel lighter Mm -hmm. when I walk into the room. And I've noticed it over and over and over again. And when you, when that happens, it's, it's really inspiring to you to want to do more of it. Mm, yeah. So, and I can, I can actually like go into a space and it just doesn't, it just doesn't um, feel as heavy to me anymore. And it causes me to do, want to do more of it. There's spaces that I still challenge with my garage, for instance, I can park <laughs> in it, but I mean, it's still for a normal person that would see it, they would think it's clutter. But to me, it's kind of all projects, which is a whole, whole nother story. <laughs> but the fact that you, I, you couldn't even open the garage and see from the wall, you couldn't see the walls, any of the walls from, wow. you couldn't see the floor, you couldn't see wow. the ceiling, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> And so to actually be able to go out and walk in the space, I could put my hands on stuff that I need, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's definitely come a long way. And one of the things that um, someone told me that helped me a lot, it was a a dresser that I I wanted to sell. It was a desk. It was a really nice desk. 
but it no longer was appropriate for my work at home um, station. And it was like more of an armoire where it had the doors really tall, had all the pullouts and things like that, but it didn't work for how I worked. And I needed the space to really be made, remade as my office and the core of my businesses. And I know what I paid for, which was still a good deal. And I still could have got really great money for it, but it just wasn't selling. The really large pieces are not selling like mm-hmm. that anymore. And so I was challenged at selling it. And every week I would kind of give an update. And she was like, where are you at on that? I'm like, I've listed it. It's not sold. And it's finally, after we got into a month of this, it was like, do you want to have your space available to you more than you want that hundred dollars? Mm. Like, which one are you valuing? Is it worth it for you to just give it away to have the space mm-hmm. or the hundred dollars that you're trying to hold out for? Basically? Right. Yep. And when I realized that it wasn't worth, if all I was going to get was 75 to a hundred dollars for this thing, you know, it wasn't worth holding out for that and to just donate it and be done with it because I, it was worth more to me to have the space. And it was just very freeing to operate in that kind of, is it more worth you holding on to this regret and this unforgiveness and these things than to be living in a, in a peace to mm-hmm. just let it go? Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me in a very physical way. I could see that physically. Yeah. Like you just ended up saying there, it really came down to you have a choice. You can, you can wait to get that money, whatever it may be, or you can get rid of it. And that's like you said, it's, it's powerful to have that moment where you're just like, Oh, (laughs) I just want to get rid of it. I just want the space. And yeah. And it just, like you said, for you, it's really clicked with the physical. I know this is true for a lot of people. You could probably help out me quite a bit coming over (laughs) cleaning my crap up. Uh, But it's funny because I know, you know, I know for me that it would make an impact too. And, and so it's just a matter of prioritization and, and where you're putting your values. Yeah. For, for me, I'm curious. So like, as you've realized this, you've mentioned that you've carried this into all aspects of your life and your work what are the areas or situations where you really like to use this and share this with others? So when I think about the the release part, so I was, when I first posted a video about what I wanted to do with my um, garage and at the end of the video, cause I literally outed myself on Facebook. <laughs> I had a video. I said, I'm a, I am going to go ahead and admit I'm a hoarder. And I'm going to um, go on Facebook Live to kind of show you what that real deal is, right? So mm-hmm. I put myself on Facebook. I open up the garage to everyone's horror. My grandma said someone's <laughs> going to come and steal all your stuff. I'm like, if they want to come back the truck up, I will help them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so it was really liberating for me to share that part of me because people that have been in my house and they've shot with me, they know that's there, mm-hmm. but I don't live like that. So what came as a surprise to some people like what in the world? But so for me, it was liberating and I didn't know why I was being led to do it because it was very much um, a part of me that it's not a secret, but it's not something I just, you know, you broadcast. And, but at the end of that video, when I did it, something really happened where words I was saying, um, I started saying words like something's telling me that this is an anchor um, that's preventing me to be where I need to be. And once I release this anchor, then I'll be free to do what it is I'm meant to do. And probably 
it was a year. So I started doing it for about a year. So I think artfully healed really is a manifestation of what all that I had to release. I had to release a lot of emotional clutter. I had to release um, how people felt about me and how I let that dictate how I felt about myself. I had to release a lot and it was very painful and it was very, um, it brought me to a level of understanding a lot about me and learning me. And I think that Artfully Healed was born out of that release. And that was what I was meant to receive, but I had to have room to receive it. Because even when I received it, I still went through an aspect of it that I didn't think I was qualified for it. So I still had to turn that emotional state around. And a large part about Artfully Healed is saying this exact same message that whatever you're doing as part of your outlet is part of you and you're part of your part of your, how you can be well. And so I can't get away from the release to receive, even when I talk about Artfully Healed, because in order for you to have that manifestation of what you're trying to get to, there's something you have to be willing to let go of. And my story and your story are people that are willing to say, I'm willing to let go of this so that I can receive this over here. So it still doesn't go away. Even as I talk about other avenues of my life and things I have, I can't get away from it because, and that's the wording that I've chosen to put around it because that best describes it for me personally. And it just seems to work (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's really important is finding what works for you. Right. It's like, I, appreciate that you said that because I think some people might be like, Oh, like that just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't get it. And that's fine. If you can kind of latch on to the concept and anchor to the concept and then come up with your own way to see it or feel it or understand it, that's what's important. And you ha- so yeah. finding that for you, right? Like for each individual person. Yeah, because I think a lot of people were attached to the whole movement of finding joy in your belongings, you know, the new shows that are out, the new people that are talking about it, and they're talking about does this spark joy and things like that. That's all great. But the hidden part of it is you actually are in clearing out the space, you are actually opening yourself up to receive and intentionally. And if you don't address that part of the process, then you're only going to go get more stuff. So it's mm-hmm. been great to see it, but my hope that I had to learn because I've had so many yard sales over the years. I've had so many yard sales. I've given away so much stuff. I always have a huge donation to Goodwill. I've done it. I've given away. I've, you know, I've given and given and given and given and never once until I was ready, until I was ready to understand why I collected so much, did I fully move into a space of um, understanding and awareness. And so people that are decluttering right now as their home and they're cleaning out and they're donating, if you're not addressing why you had it in the first place, then that's the, that's where the work is. So whatever that means for you, but some people it's not clutter, but some, some people it's a lot of other things, right? So I've had people reach out that were impacted with just that part and just me sharing it gave people the courage to say, you know what, I never addressed that particular area. And I think it's time for me to do that. So that's, I think that's what I it, I was meant to do. And I didn't know that that was the end result. I just thought I was doing it to be free myself, but it was really to help other people be free. 
I really like that you made that note because it is really important to understand our patterns and behaviors, not just try to have this quick fix of being like you're saying of it's like, okay, I have a lot of stuff. I, okay. I need to get rid of it. You, you need to be open to the underlying issue, the underlying pattern, the underlying reason, and then also open to making the effort to change that. Because like exactly like you said, and it was coming to my mind as you were talking <laughs> is like, that is work. That is real, real work. And for most people, that's that's kind of where it stops, right? Like you were saying, is they start to get that feeling that if there's going to be work involved, it's going to be <laughs> difficult. And people shy away from that. Just like, you know, it's, I don't have time or I don't want to dive into that now or it's not that big of a deal. So for you... Anybody thinking that it may, might not be that big of a deal or, oh, like, I'll just push it off for now. What, like, what are your thoughts around that? Like, what are you missing out on if you're not doing the work, you're not accepting that or having the courage to really take that on? What are you losing out in your life by not doing that? Well, it's two part for me, because I think that the foundation of all of, all of the gains and all the things that I've seen change in my life in the last three or four years started with one, I had to value who I was and it started with valuing myself and doing that work because I can, I don't think, I don't think me layering on the other things would ever have worked if I hadn't done that part. So I would say for, for someone's listening that it's, that's coming across challenges that you're facing or coming across whatever initial mountain that you're facing I think that you have to first align to who you are and being okay with who you are and tell yourself that you're worthy of whatever it is. You're worthy of the love. You're worthy of, you know, the gift you're worthy in yourself. You are enough on this planet that you are just as you are built to be and you're, and that's okay. And be completely solid with that. Then you layer on you know, the other, the other work that you have to do. And to address this specifically, I think what was beneficial to me in that um, was the uh, kind of the, the option, I guess I would call it, I got a list of things that would be helpful to address the task. So for me, the task was, like I said, I would see a corner, I would see a room, I would see a closet, a drawer, I would see something and you just avoid, 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 avoid the closet, the master closet for me, <laughs> the linen closet. You just avoid, 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 avoid until mm-hmm. you can't avoid it no yep. more. And the number one thing that I use now, so my technique that I use now that never fails me because it's so empowering is I walk in, I look at it and I immediately have a reaction and I try to capture what is that feeling? And that feeling for me is there's something that I'm going to throw away and I'm going to have to replace it. And you have to address what is your worst fear about whatever it is and use, and then try to rationalize, like, does that make sense? Because for me, like the linen closet, I had comforters and pillows and things from the eighties. <laughs> and and I mean, just stuff. And the, the, the so what I do is, 
one, that I write down what my fear is. And then two, I come back with, okay, I understand. I hear you. I hear that's a fear. But what are the chances that you are going to need this? Like how many times has that happened in the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, n- none. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And r- I write that down. None. Yep. And then number two, how quickly would it be for you to replace this? Should you need it pretty quickly? Those th- only by the time I've written those three things down, my anxiety has decreased and I'm now ready to approach it with a more rational brain of that. Probably more than likely, I'm not going to need it. Um, if there's something like I have a bin of some designer things that I have, I haven't used them yet. I gave myself a year. They're in a small bin and it's a year bin. If I have not used these things in this bin within this next year, which I have seven more months to go, <laughs> those things are optional to be do- donated. I can, I feel that I can donate them if I haven't used them in a year. So that's kind of how I put, if I feel so strongly about it, then I have to put a clock on it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I work through it. So I think you have to approach it with one understanding and being okay with you're taking care of yourself and then rationalize that there are, you know, people that deal with this. There is a way to get through it and be open to resources that align you to help with that because that helped me reading about it, reading other people's blogs, following people that are organizers. The My favorite one <laughs> When she talks about, I mean, she just, my organizer is just like ruthless. She's ruthless. <laughs> and she, you know, she's basically, if you're looking at it, she's like, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. If it's not something that makes you feel good, then why are you keeping it? Yeah. And it comes down to literally that, which can go across so many other areas of your life. Uh, but- yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I really like that perspective because from what I'm hearing of what you're saying is like you have a system to address this. And I think that's really important because the, the system, the system it sounds like is born out of you being ready and open to take on this challenge, to climb that mountain of yours. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once you see that there, once you know that it's there, that's only step one. Now you have to build in, something in order to it's like okay how am i going to climb this mountain where what are the tools that i need what's you know do i need a guide do i how do i do it what path do i take and so to me that's what it sounds like how you're approaching that is you have a system so you you had the courage to be like okay this is something that is is not serving me and i need to figure it out i need to work at it and then you went at it in a very intentional way because like what you're doing by going into a room, seeing how something makes you feel and either getting rid rid of it or putting it in your year bin, which I think is an amazing idea um, (laughs) is you're addressing the issue right then and there instead of that avoidance. And this is something that um, I, I resonate with very strongly because that has always been an issue for me is like avoid, 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 go away from confrontation, avoid conflict. That takes energy. That's work, right? It takes effort. It takes work. I'm just going to leave it. And what inevitably happens then it's harder to deal with down the road because something blows up, shit hits the fan in some (laughs) way. And so, you know, I've learned that lesson the hard way many times, 
Um, so all that to say, at least what I'm taking from what you were saying is you had the courage to, to face it because every time you, you have to face it, it's not easy, right? Like every single time you have to take that little bit of, of courage or effort to actually take it head on instead of just being like, yeah, I'll deal with that later. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, and I still have pockets of that. I actually, as part of, you know, the slowdown a little bit, Mm -hmm. I have some bins that I've been adding to, adding to for 10 years. And I said, okay, I'm this next two weeks, I'm going to hit these bins hard. And I gave myself a bin a day. So I, and I think it's in any mountain or any area that you feel like you want to address to give yourself rules and time limits and know what your limits are. So my limit is I'm not going to overstress myself about it. I'm going to give myself a day to do this one thing. And here are the rules and guidelines. I, it has to be something I need. It has to be something, have my, I have my, for a paper, I have a recycle bin, I have my shred bin, you know, but I have to go into it with, if I need to go in for an hour. So I think it's like, that's how I approach a lot of things that seem challenging. Like don't try to go in full force on areas of your life where you're finally trying to address, take it in really bite-sized pieces and give yourself grace um, and forgiveness. Should you have to just stop completely? Because I think people are are listening to me from a four year journey but they didn't know where I was four years ago Uh and how very difficult and very heart-wrenching it was when I was talking with someone and I was like, yay, I cleaned my linen closet. And she was like, yeah, but what about that craft closet? I literally felt like I actually put a knife in my chest, like not my crafts, anything. (laughs) So that's, that's still touchy subject. So It's like, for me, I know my limits and Uh I know, to get baby steps and I know what I'm capable of. So I can speak boldly about it, but that's not always been the case. I started with just a shelf at a time for me and a shelf at a time may mean something very small in your life. So. And that's really important. And I think it's a great message of hope for people because I think for a lot of people, they immediately are like, oh, like I'm not doing this perfectly. And this is, you know, this is kind of mm-hmm. speaking broadly of any change they want to make in their lives. Uh, but like, you know, I'm not doing this perfectly or it's not going well. Understanding that the process is messy and the process is mm-hmm. pretty much never ending, you know, in some form, struggles, mountains will always be there. And so like you said, it's so important to be able to give yourself grace to be able to give yourself a little bit of compassion and understand that today's not always going to, you know, it's not always going to be a great day. Sometimes the shit's going to be messy and you're not going to clean it up and, and it's going to happen. You got to be able to give yourself some grace there and then have the, the resiliency to pick back up, you know, the next hour or the next day or the next week or whatever the time frame is and be like, okay, you know, I can do this. I just need to take that next step. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Like it's, it's baby steps, one foot in front of the next, Mm -hmm. do what you can today, do what you can right now. And if you're not perfect or you can't do it today, it's fine. Don't beat yourself up about it and just get ready to get back to it when you can. Absolutely. I also wanted to quickly go back to along those lines, kind of a the more of like the, the, the touchy feely emotional aspect of it is so, so important. You had mentioned 
the before you started this journey, that the first part was knowing that you were worthy of doing this. And this is a part of any, I'll use the broad term self-development or self-growth that people want to do is you have to love yourself enough to start that process. And to, to, to a lot of people, I think that seems very counterintuitive. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense, but truly you have to feel worth because what you're going to do is going to be like, we've been talking about is effort is work. And if you don't think you're worth that, if you don't think you're worth that time and effort and energy, all the blood, sweat, and tears that you're going to put into this process, you'll never start. And you'll figure out reasons of why to keep postponing it and why, you know, just just making excuses to not do it. So I just wanted to come back to that because I really love that you said that because it's it's truly the foundation. If you don't value yourself enough to change and to, to get better, and progress in whatever area it is, you're never going to do it. Yeah, that was, um, I actually wrote about it um, this last week because for me, that was the most awesome part of this process was when I realized I didn't value myself because I didn't see that coming. And I don't think anyone would admit that. Like if you asked me just as part of a conversation I would never have admitted. I would never have known that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, that's not something I don't feel like I carried with me at any, at, as obvious as it would have seemed to be when I found out. Because when I basically was asked to do some affirmations and the first time that I did them, and I did them because I spent a lot of money to hire someone to tell me to do them. So, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of like I'm paying a lot of money for this. Probably should do what they're saying do. Yeah. And so I kind of did it out of just like, yeah, I don't believe in this, but since you said it, I'll do it. And looked in the mirror and said, I am worthy. And my eyes said something completely different. Mm-hmm. And that caught me by great surprise. And that's, I think that that's why now I can't get past the, how do you do this, this, and this if you haven't done that part? Uh-huh. Because you put it so beautifully that all of that blessed, sweat, and tears you put into some effort is is baseless if you don't value that you're worth the work because it gets hard. It's not easy. And for me, I never saw that coming. And I, I, I have to now talk about it because... That's just, it literally is the truth. And when I was able to speak from a place of strength about it, I realized that saying it every day was got, had, what, is what got me to that place, which is not something I ever did on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I spoke positively about myself. I pretty much a positive person, but never did that work. And so it's shown up in so many other areas of my life now. So I have to talk about it. And that's a, incredibly profound experience to have. And I, I can speak to that because I've had it myself and it's really, it's like you said, when you're kind of blindsided by that, it's, you just can't, you can't unlive that experience. Right. It's so, it's so incredibly impactful to, (laughs) to feel that shift. And just, just that, because it's just like an Oh shit moment of like, (laughs) I, I've been lying to myself all these years almost like just 
yeah, it, it seems like something so simple, right? Like we, of course I like myself. Yeah. Duh. Like, <laughs> but when, <laughs> but when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, so many of us don't love ourselves and value ourselves on a deep, deep level. And it's a, it's a harrowing experience. It's, it's so, so interesting. Yeah. Mine was like, a, ah, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I mean, like it really like literally is like a, oh, holy, like crap. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I didn't see that one coming. So more of, I think more of the daily work from there just became, I'm going to make sure you understand that you are and just speaking it to myself but I did it out of discipline, but I didn't realize to probably nine months later when I had to coach someone, a stranger, and I had to speak it to her, that's when I realized that I had gotten it. Because I was then speaking from a positive strength and not from a kind of like a high level, I'm speaking positive, just being joyful, but from a place of it came from a deeper, deeper place. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that I had gotten it. Yeah. And that's, it's awesome that you were able to be open to that. I just really appreciate your honesty of being like, you know what, when, when this, this mentor or coach, like they told me to do this, I was like, you know, this is not something I believe in or I enjoy or it makes sense to me. It says a lot that you were able to, like you said, I mean, even if it came down to the money thing and that's sometimes that's all it takes, right? Is like you, but the point is you, you made a commitment though. And the, the, the financial aspect is just a reflection of that commitment that you made and you put your, you were open and you put your trust in somebody to say, this is like, this is the way, this is the next step. You got to do this thing. And I just wanted to highlight that because it's on these paths of growth, we have to be open. We have to be ready to get uncomfortable, ready to do things that we've never done before that don't make sense to us. Mm. But to then just have the discipline to be open to it and to do it, even though it might not make sense. And then later down the road, have it be a very impactful experience is is really key to the journey, I think. Yeah, it's been, um, this whole journey for me has been amazing and it's amazing for other people to watch it because, because they know me as one thing and then they see this and they don't, they don't know where this came from. <laughs> and so that's amazing to get their reaction to what I'm doing or how I speak or how I am now. And not that I feel necessarily different or a different person, but what comes out of my mouth is very, very different how I feel it comes, it's very, very different. And that's very obvious. So I can't deny the trajectory that started. Um, all I can do now is I just want to shine a light so the people that were, that are living where I was living before in a very dark place or a very um, unsettled, a place of unworthiness can see people that kind of resonate and kind of come out of those situations and not be so jaded or so um, traumatized by their experience that they can't actually fully be present and live now. Because I think that's where people expect me to be is there. And which is why it comes as a surprise 
that I have joy. I get that so much. We can't believe from your story how much joy and you're laughing and you're smiling. They just can't seem to get that part. <laughs> I don't live like that, so I don't get it. But if I heard my story, I probably would be wondering too. But I don't feel like that. I feel like I have so much joy in life. Um, and that's just something I had to go through to get here. And that's why I can now more appreciate it. And I can so fiercely guard it because I am not going back there. So you have to deal with me being happy. That's, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think along those lines, it's really interesting for anybody who's been through, and you know, we've all been through our stuff, right? And it's all different. Everybody's different. It's not saying one person has been through more stuff than somebody else. It's not somewhere to compare, but when people hear our experiences, you know, cause I've had people have asked me and like, Oh, like, how aren't you, how didn't you just let that completely spiral you? And how didn't you just live in a place of depression? And for me, the answer was like, because I did live with that for a little bit. <laughs> but the thing was, I quickly realized that wasn't how I wanted to live, right? And so kind of going back to our our theme of choice here is I just made a decision. I was like, fuck that. I, I don't want to live like that, you know? And like the situation may not be great. It may not be perfect. But you know what? I'm going to do the best I can to make the most of it. And now in hindsight, I'm incredibly grateful for some of the things that I've been through. And so, I mean, at least to me, that's what it sounds like for you as well is like you have gratitude, you have a, a joy about you because you, you've grown, you, you've, you've been able to shift into a person that is more you, right? Like you've let go again, back to, back to the release, you've released so much to be able to receive these things that are more you and, and allows that space for joy. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And so even on the days I still have to, in this, these times, I still have to allow myself time to feel what I need to feel because I think that's important. So I think that too, we never want to say you're expected to always be happy or you can always feel like, there's this mountain that you can climb and always take it on. I don't approach it that way. I even posted um, on Instagram today, a quote that I had posted earlier in the week about it was hard, true. And I survived also true. And mm. sometimes you just need that reminder that the last mountain that seemed really, really, really big, that you didn't know how to fight that you were thinking this one's going to take me out. Mm -hmm. You actually did you know, climb that mountain and you did survive it. So sometimes when the mountain comes up, you, I still have to remind myself that this is really hard. And I, and just take, that may be it. That may be all for today. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. really hard. This feels really hard. This feels really bad. This feels really unknown. And I have myself, I give myself a 24 hour pity party. If I want to have it, you get one day or mm -hmm. one overnight. So by the time sunrise the next day, we're done. Mm -hmm. with whatever that emotion is. I give yeah. myself that time. But now that I've given myself that time, and you'll see for me, time comes up a lot. I have to give myself rules of what that time is. Mm -hmm. You're 24 hours. And a lot of times when I say to myself, you have that time, I don't need that time. 
Because by the time I've said it, I then realize that I've been there before and that I survived it the last time. Probably sure going to do it this time. And Mm -hmm. only by the time that thought has occurred to me and I'm like, okay, go ahead and get the music out. I got a little performance I want to do. You can fall out on the floor if you want to. Go ahead and cue up the music. You can have all that. By the time I've run through that scenario in my head, I've already talked myself out of that this is unwinnable. Mm-hmm. And I can just move on with my day. But yeah. I think it's important to say that a mountain is still a mountain. And a lot of it seems visually very overwhelming. And that for some people, I'm just there. That's all that I, that's all I can do right now is just see it and be overwhelmed by it. Um, but then you have to come up with what are your steps to then say, okay, well, I'm at the foot of this mountain. I'm just one step at a time. Right. Yeah. And that's all that anybody can do. Some of us have had a lot of mountains, real practice at it, but still a mountain is still a mountain. So. Yeah. No, I, I, I make so much sense. And I really love the sentiment of, looking back and being like, you know what, I've conquered that one. I've conquered many. It's another one. I'll get through it. We're human, right? It it always, whatever's in front of us, whatever the challenges or struggles are, it always seems difficult, but we are so much more resilient and strong often than we give ourselves credit for. And so sometimes those little reminders of everything that we've been through and reminding ourselves that we are strong, we are capable is all like what we really need in that moment. Yeah. Well, do you have, we're, we're kind of coming up at our time here. We've covered a lot. Do you have anything that we missed? Any other things that you really wanted to make sure you shared with people? So I just, a thought just came in my head um, about mountains because when when I started when I said at the beginning about when I started Earthly Healed, it came to me as a vision and it came to me as um, something I was meant to do. And again, I said I didn't know people that would be in this community that I was looking to build. And even as I worked on my brand and even as I worked on my website, I forged ahead, um, kind of building it before I before people. Even though they say you shouldn't do that, but. <laughs> it helped me create the container for what I talk about. So I, I needed that approach. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. building it before I had a community of people. And that was the mountain for me. Mm-hmm. The mountain was, you got this idea, you have some branding, you have these things, you know, what's on the other side of this mountain? Because right now you just got this mountain of this idea that you don't know how to get to it. You don't know how to get around it. And so I forged ahead because of all the things we just talked about. I've had other mountains. I got through those. I'll just take this as I'm just assuming when I get to the other side of this, that the community is going to be there. And so this conversation is my first uh, official one um, is a testament to that because I didn't know that I would ever get here. So. Mm. So, so good. I I love that you started the conversation out that way and that we've come full circle to it because that's truly what my message is to people, the people that I work with and the message of this podcast as a whole is we all have incredible gifts that 
are meant to be shared. We all, I believe, have something that is deep within us that we can contribute. And all of us can do it in our own unique way. But we have to honor that. And we have to get to a place where we are willing to put that out there. And so thank you for sharing that because I think, and I've seen with so many, there's so much fear of of putting, of because you feel it, right? You feel it inside you. Like you're saying, it came to you as a vision. It came to you as like, this is something that's trying to become alive through me. Mm-hmm. And so many people will end up rationalizing that away and pushing that down. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the community. When really all it takes is putting it into action and putting it into the world, into the universe, putting it out there as energy. And like you said, here you are uh, on a podcast. Now we're talking about you. We're talking about your story. And that could have never, never happened if you had never put those, those first few baby steps for like in one foot in front of the other. So thank you for sharing that. And it's truly a testament to if you're feeling that thing, that thing inside you, you have to let it out. You have to manifest it in whatever way feels right to you and stop thinking in terms of the real world or what people will think or the money that you can make from it and just do. And then things will start falling into place. One shelf at a time. Oh, (laughs) you got it. (laughs) You got it. Kim Blinn, thanks so much for coming on today. Where can the people learn more about Artfully Healed and yourself? So you can find me on IG at Artfully Healed. On Facebook, I am Artfully Healed as well. And my website is artfullyhealed.org. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to put all that stuff in the show notes below. That's it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Kimberly, for being here. And we'll see you guys later. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.